0: happy
1: labor day denver here's the honorable judge dan jacobs it ain't no joke i like to buy the world a token teach the
2: world to sing in perfect harmony and teach the world to snuff the buyers and the liars. Hey I know it's just a song but
1: it's all right, one hour to go. Dan Jacobs here with you on Labor Day. You guys are having a great holiday out there. We welcome into the program the lovely and talented James Marilat. How are you, James? I'm great, Dan. How are you? Happy Labor Day. Yep, to you as well. Where are you at today? Are you in Nebraska? Are you out in uh, at the compound in Lake Havasu? Where are you at?
2: Nope, I am uh, up in Broomfield at uh, my mom and dad's house. Little family barbecue today. Okay. Are you, are you doing the
1: cooking, or does the old man say, uh, "Not until, uh, not until I'm uh, keeled over"? Do you get the spatula out of my hands? How does it work at the that, old uh, man's house? It
2: is, it is uh, pretty much B. That's how it. Uh, that uh, that's how it works here. I'm watching him uh, deal with the smoke right now at the grill. That's how. That's how it operates here.
1: All right, fantastic. See uh, you. Pulled off a huge upset, and um, but so I was there by the way in Fort Worth. I was surprised. At the level of um, pomp and circumstance, the old uh, TCU folk put around celebrating the Horned Frog at the festivities on Saturday. I didn't realize they loved their old Horned Frog so much, James. Did you have any idea?
2: I did, because, you know, I'm an SMU guy. That's where I spent my first two years. And back then, it was the old Southwest Conference, so the big rival for SMU was... The DFW Crosstown rival, which was TCU, they were kind of at the same level at that point, which is hard to believe. So I did know a little bit more about TCU than I probably should, or that I cared to. But uh, but yeah, that's you, you go down south, man, for a football game. There's all sorts of pomp and circumstance. I mean, that is a uh, it is a show. It is a lot of people like in slacks and a tie, and you know, the females in dresses. Like it is a different experience than what I was used to when I went down there as a 17 year old. So yeah, pomp and circumstance is a uh, a good way to put it.
1: That was another thing we noticed, too, was the ladies were all wearing, like, dresses and stuff. It was kind of interesting. Oh,
2: yep. well, yeah, that 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 shocked me when I got to SMU of, like, you know, the guys were in shirts and ties, and the ladies were in dresses, and I'm like, I'm used to going to Broncos games and, you know, Buffs games, and it's, you know, you wear whatever, you know, jeans or shorts and a T-shirt or whatever. it's a, It's a different deal down there. I mean, it's not quite – SEC country of what you would see at Old Miss or something like that, but similar kind of uh, similar kind of vibe, similar kind of concepts. It's kinda of cool.
1: Yeah. Now I don't see so I was there, so I don't and I don't know what how it came through on the broadcast, but here's the thought that went through my mind. It was it was like they were stealing, you know, I'm a big Hurricanes fan. CU was taking a page right out of the Hurricanes book right from the start. So we're watching the pregame stuff, and they're doing something at midfield. I mean, they are really hyping up this frog. I'm like, I, I don't know. what is this leghorn be, foghorn, or foghorn, leghorn? Like, what is going on with the frog? And then they're having the players rush out. There's something going on with this frog at midfield. And then CU just comes, boom, running out to steal the thunder. At the same time, I, I, I had to have been planned, right? It was like when Miami would come out and in the middle of Florida, you know, the, so that Florida State couldn't chuck their spear or whatever. Um, yep. I thought, did you guys see that on the broadcast or did they say anything about it?
2: I did not see that. So, and maybe that was before I had turned it on, although I did watch most of the pregame on Fox. So I didn't see it, but it's sort of the swagger part of it, right? Like we don't care that we're in your house. We're not going to, we're not going to just sit here and let you do your thing. We're going to come out and do our thing. We're, and, and you know, that rubs some people wrong and I get it. But when you're the buffs and you're trying to turn around one at eleven you can't just passively sit there and oh, you know, we'll wait our turn and we'll let you do your little thing. Nope. You got to come out and be like, Hey, we're not intimidated by you. And part of that is, you know, you got to believe it before it can happen. And that's certainly what prime convinced his players of, uh, of heading into that game. And I mean, you were there, I don't know what it was like to witness in person, but watching it on TV, just kind of the level of disbelief built as the game went on, right? Like they have the opening touchdown drive. Well, they forced it the three now opening touchdown drive. You're like, okay, all right, you know, they've been spending all offseason kind of preparing for this good first punch, but will it last and lead at halftime, lead after three, and you just kept kind of waiting for it to, uh, you know, the clock to finally strike midnight, and, man, they just kept making plays, and all sorts of credit to that coaching staff because all of us, all of us thought, hey, it's just too many new pieces, coaching staff and players, for it to be completely buttoned up in week one and Dan, I think the two most impressive things were one, the level of talent you could tell, you could see that they had more speed on the first play of the game, like it was like okay, this is different, and two, just how buttoned up the operations were, right? Other than the timeout coming out of halftime where they didn't have the play ready, didn't have any of that kind of stuff. They weren't sloppy. They weren't taking dumb penalties. They just looked like a well coached, well oiled machine. And I thought I think we all thought they'd be talented. I don't know that we expected that week one uh, out of all these new pieces and moving parts so that was uh that was very very impressive.
1: Yeah, no, that's and you hit it on the head. That's exactly what it was like. It was like okay, well, yeah, that was nice. You guys came you came ready to play. Oh, you got you scored first. Oh, but there was always like this uh, out of the TCU fans like, "Okay, well, we're going to get it back." Okay, we're yeah. okay, well, we're back. We scored, we tied it, and then or we took the lead. And then but it was almost like panic by the by the fourth quarter. And I think, you know, I can't remember. It was around eight minutes when, when CU finally was like, no, every time you give it to us, we're coming back. And then by midway through the fourth quarter, was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then I think the coaching staff was kind of panicking. The last time they had the ball, they're like, we cannot leave any time left because they will come back and beat us. And I think that's really I, – I think it led to them making some coaching mistakes because they worried more about the clock than they did about – actually getting into scoring range, and then they ran out of time. That's how it came across to me. Is that how it came across on the TV? 100%. I
2: I really do think, you know, I mean, CU kind of took the the punch there from TCU because there were three different times TCU took the lead in the second half, and each time the buffs answered, right? And then, you know, there were so many things that could have been backbreakers where you and I would be talking here today and be like, hey, they hung in there. If not for, you know, they take the lead, then they give up the 90-yard kick return. Man, if that doesn't happen... They probably win the game. Like, there were plenty of those kind of moments for CU to crumble, and they didn't. They kept answering it. And clearly, TCU I mean, the Buffs didn't have a lot of answer for TCU in the second half defensively, but, but the other way around was true, too. So, I do think in that last drive, the Horn Frogs were trying to burn the clock and not give them any time. And you're right. Instead of just calling the play that, that that would work the best, that was best against the defense, it was like, yeah, we got to run some clock, too. And it, it clearly bit him. And then the Buffs were able to generate a little bit of pass rush. On third down and on fourth down, they were able to to make the throw come a little early, especially on fourth down. And they made a play or two. And, yeah, the fact that the, the Buffs didn't blink, I think, did kind of cause a little bit of, I don't know if panic's the right term, but I think it, 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 it was a little bit of overthinking on the part of TCU where, Look, if you get the ball with seven minutes left, go score. It Doesn't matter how much, and then leave it up to your defense. Like that's the right approach. Instead, they were uh, they were fearful of that CU offense. They didn't think they had an answer for them, Which I get it, but that was uh, probably not the best approach. The Buffs certainly didn't care how quickly they scored. Right, go yep. down, get the get the lead, try and get one stop, and and roll out of there with the win. And unfortunately, they uh, they were able to get it.
1: Yeah. Now, I I say I asked this question knowing full well who I'm talking to. This is. Um, the, the man that, I'll just, I'll put this nicely, that w- nobody worked harder than James Merillat at keeping Coach Malone and the Nuggets accountable throughout their championship season than you. Correct. But at the end of the day, you had your sign at the parade saying you were the number one fan, super fan. Correct. Correct? So we Correct. know we know where you stand. Like, you, you can get on the bandwagon at any time as a fan. Um, yes. So... Now, Coach Prime said, hey, I'm keeping receipts. We know who the haters are, and we will call you out mercilessly. Uh, but that does that apply to the fans? Or, like, hey, he also said, as far as the fans go, bandwagon's open. We got plenty of room. So is it fine, even if you weren't caring about the Buffs five days ago, jump on now?
2: 100%. The bandwagon is open. It's the same as the bandwagon for Russell Wilson. That's going to be open. Hop on at any time. I'm not going to be Nuggets fans and say, hey, you weren't on board when – you know, we were losing to the, the, the Warriors in five. You bothered to question Michael Malone. How could you? Look, the people that were questioning whether or not this would work up in Boulder, those they were viable questions. Like, it's unprecedented. We've never seen it before. This kind of turnover and the jump in terms of level for so many of these players and a coaching staff that was pulled from a lot of different places, like, We've all seen, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles a decade ago. We've seen it in a lot of different sports. The Philadelphia 76ers seemingly every year, right, where they put together these dream teams and they have a ton of talent. But more often than not, it doesn't come together and turn into a good team. So I don't even think the people that were doubting what was going on in Boulder were haters necessarily. I'm sure some of them were. I'm sure some of them were anti Dion. I think a lot of the other coaches in college football were anti-Deon because they, they were jealous that they they couldn't pull that off and, and do what he was able to do. But, no, I mean, it's, a uh, you know, th- there were reasons to be doubtful. It, it, they blew it out of the water in week one. If you want to jump on board now, great. Now, if they start off 3-0, they start off 4-0, they pull an upset against Oregon or USC or whatever, that might be a little too late. But I'm a, I am ai tend to be a, the gate's open, come on in, hop on the bandwagon at, at any time. We're just glad to have you. It makes the party more fun.
1: Well, James, you're well known. You're a, you're a uniter, not a
2: divider, right? Correct, correct. I'm I'm bringing people together. Um, you know, I, it, it's it's the way I do things. It's it's you know, sort of my approach to life. Yeah. Uh, you know, o- o- open your arms, bring everybody in, one big collective hug. Let's have a good time.
1: Yes. So I was I was having a little hard time. You know, giving a texter a hard time because he was texting me. He's like, seriously, dude, see you talk seriously. And I'm like, well, yes. They're probably the number one story and the number one college football weekend of the year. I think. I think uh, if if any time is appropriate for CU talk, it's right now. So yeah, we're talking about it.
2: But it's the it's the biggest win in 22 years. It's the biggest win since 62 to 36. The Broncos are on a bye. The Nuggets and Abs aren't playing, and the Rockies are one of the worst teams in baseball. Like, what else would you be talking about? The U.S. Open? Like, what? of course you're talking about. It. It's one of the biggest stories in the country and it's in our own backyard, it is a, it is one of those things. I think it's a seismic moment. I think what's going on up in C up, at, up in Boulder, I think it changed everything. And I think, is it going to change it forever? No, but is it going to change it for the near future? So two, three, four, five, five years, maybe a decade. Yeah. And I think it also changed the landscape of college football. You not only see you, but you saw that the guy did. it. I think it was Texas state who did a similar thing where he brought in a ton of new guys it's the it's the changing of the guard it's the changing of the sport so for you not to talk about it i mean good grief what are you ignoring here the broncos haven't practiced today and they they released the new numbers for guys like come on i mean it is the number one story uh denversports.com is going crazy so you know it's it's a holiday weekend cuz you know first was on friday i are like all right it's going to be a little bit of a slow start to the month quarter million people have already been on the site so far this month reading our stories and that's all based on on prime so yeah, man, this is the number one story. You would not be doing your job if you weren't talking about the Buffs today.
1: And here's what it led me to this interesting question. Which, it, it, So, going into this week, you have not just this win, but now first home game, CU versus Nebraska. Coming up in what, five, six days? Six yep. days. Versus, on Sunday, Broncos versus Raiders at home, who, what are you more excited for as a sports fan in this city? That's a tough question, James. What do you say?
2: I think they're both great games. I'm not uh, not excited about either one of them. I am more excited about CU Nebraska, without a doubt. I mean, that's a, that's a rivalry. There's going to be a ton of red up in Boulder. I think Buffs fans are, are looking for their opportunity to – I know CU's won the last two matchups, but, Dan, it was for decades that you got your – kicked in by nebraska to have their opportunity to hey maybe we got the upper hand here and the the huskers struggled in their first game under matt rule and the buffs looked great so yeah that one that one's a big one and if cu loses it doesn't take the the bloom off the roads completely but boy that's a that's a big downer nfl's a different animal if you lose the opener it's like okay every every year and there will be teams i guarantee you this weekend that, that win in the they're opener in the NFL and, and end up being bad teams, and there'll be teams that lose. Like the the remember a couple years ago, the the Packers lost thirty eight to three against the Saints. Everybody was saying they were done. Aaron Rodgers went on to win MVP, and I think they went thirteen and three or thirteen right, and four, whatever many games they had that year. Week one in the NFL is a crapshoot, so it won't be the end of the world. It will be a, it will be a major burst of the bubble if the Buffs lose. So no, I'm super excited. Let's keep the the train going. But hey, rivalry weekend can't ask for more. Broncos Raiders. See Nebraska it feels like we're turning back the clock to the you know early 90s it's uh it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's uh super I'm so I'm it's one of a few times. Yes, I'm I am 100% more excited for See Nebraska than listen I'm I'm always excited about every NFL weekend, right? Because that's you, sure. throughout the week you're like, "Ah, give me the Sunday." And Saturday, you know, I love college football too. But uh, to me it's not even close. Like See Nebraska versus, you know, Raiders you're being generous when you say, oh, that's a great game. I mean, that's two teams that are struggling to get to mediocrity versus, you know, which hopefully is a great college football game. Now, we always love the NFL, and the Broncos are always king, but I think this is one of the first times in forever, even though the Broncos are king, they may not be king this weekend, James.
2: They may not be. And, you know, opening weekend of the NFL is always big, right? Like the season's getting rolling. It's the Sean Payne era. Like it's a big story. But it takes a lot during this time of year to knock the Broncos off the front page, right? It's it's like Rocktober. 2007, Rocktober knocked the, the Broncos off the front page. I think the Buffs will for this week. And if they win on Saturday and if the Broncos look like the same old Broncos on Sunday, until things start to go the other way for the Buffs, they're going to be the biggest story. And again, it takes a ton for that to happen. It takes a historic type of an event, something that happens, you know, with this case of the Rockies, once every 30 years, even in baseball history, that's once in a blue moon. So I'm with you. It's the bigger story. I just think opening weekend, Sean Payton is Russ fixed. There are a lot of really interesting storylines. If the Broncos come out and play great, and they win 31-14, and Russ throws for 325 and three touchdowns. Well, it, that, the, the Monday after, it'll be interesting to see on uh, September 11. What's the bigger story? The Buffs at 2-0 and after beating the Huskers. Or the Broncos looking great in their opener under Sean Payton. Yeah,
1: so I, I'm trying to draw some parallels here because to me the most impressive thing about what CU did was they came out and they were ready. Like I watched a ton yep. of college football this weekend and a lot of teams weren't ready. Even if they won, it was sloppy or this or that. And there were all sorts of excuses all over telecasts all throughout the country were, well, it's opening weekend. Oh, they don't get preseason games, yada, yada, yada. And the Buffs were ready. And now we have Sean Payton. And the biggest thing that, and I've said it a million probably more than anybody, and it's been fair, is that the Broncos have needed the adult in the room. Everything from the trust to John Elway in the front office to coach after coach after coach is they've needed the adult in the room that knows how to call timeouts, that knows all of it. And Sean Payton does know that, and that's why we're hopeful that some of those close losses become close wins this year. So is this... Sean Payton's opportunity to do what we didn't think Dion was going to do, which was come in and be 100% ready right from the start. Is this now his coach prime moment?
2: 100%. If you think about the Broncos, last time they had a winning season, Gary Kubiak was the head coach in 2016. He was the last guy who had any experience at that job and was an adult in the room. And now you're back to that. If you think think back to last year's opener – at Seattle, I mean, the Broncos moved the ball up and down the field. Like, they were the better team that night. They just kept beating themselves, and at the end of the day, they lost based on a bonehead decision to try a 64-yard field goal. And that led to – it was a microcosm of the season, where other than the game at Carolina, Thanksgiving weekend, and at L.A. on Christmas Day, Broncos were in every game. They just beat themselves. That's not going to happen – I'm not going to say it's never going to happen. You know, things ha- things like that, you know, it's a, it's crazy what can happen over a 17 game season, but I don't think it's going to be the norm. I certainly don't think it's going to be the, the way we're going to see things go in week one. And no, I think they'll come out and they'll be buttoned up ready to go. And we will see a version of that team that we haven't seen probably since 2015. Cause they, they had a winning record in 2016, but it was, you know, it was Trevor Simien yes. and they were having to try and find creative ways to move the ball and win games. I think they're going to, you're going to see in terms of operations, you're going to see the same thing we saw out of the Buffs, where you go, wow, okay, this team is ready to go week one. There's no excuses. There really isn't. It's it, These coaches have done this all before. These players have all played football for years and years and years. It's a lack of discipline and a lack of plan and a lack of organization. If you're not ready to go, if the Broncos aren't, I'm not going to give them any week one excuses. That's a complete matter of failure on the part of Sean Payton. If he doesn't bring the number one thing this team's been missing since 2016, which is... Just being ready to play and being organized and knowing what the heck they're doing. If he doesn't bring that on Sunday, that'll be a major, major fail.
1: Yeah. Hey, by the way, so you you went to T, uh, SMU for a couple of years, right? I did. Yeah. Probably one of the highlights of the trip, I have to say, Bucky's. Did you have the Bucky's at uh, Southern Methodist University?
2: Uh, no, we did not.
1: Oh well, we're getting the world's largest Bucky's. Can well, I don't know what you call it. It's not a convenience store. It's a gas station. I guess a travel plaza. These oh yeah, are, yeah,
2: the uh, two C's and two easy, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: amazing. We're getting the largest one out in your neck of the woods, up in Johnstown.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, I wow. know. I passed it the other night coming back from Timnath. Oh, th- these things are crazy. They're amazing. Can't wait. Yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas. Well, well, we'll steal it. That's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Texas to me came across as a nice place to stop by and visit for a few days and get out of town. You don't want to be. St- you don't want to be uh, sticking
2: around. Well. I, you know, I as I said, I went to school down there, and this is about the time of year I moved into the dorms. This is not the time of year to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It is hot and humid, and it's hot and humid, and you're not near water, right? Like, if you're yeah. in a coastal town and, and you're dealing with that, that's one thing. Being landlocked in the middle of that state, it gets pretty brutal, but I loved, I loved being down there. I thought the people were great. I thought they were super friendly, amazing places to eat, just great restaurants. So go down in, like, mid-October. And you'll be like, this is a fantastic place to be.
1: Hey, right, real quick, let me ask you this, because I had this on Twitter. And some guy, like, came at me, like, you know what's in there. I'm. We go to this barbecue joint, and there's a strip mall. Just kind of a, you know, not rundown, but, you know, very low-end strip mall. And there's a store. Yeah. It just says Vegas on it, and that's it. Yeah. And, and then, you know, n- no stickers on the w- windows, nothing. In fact, the windows are kind of blinded up. I have no idea what's going on inside there. It didn't look like a strip club or anything. So I'm like, what, what exactly are they selling inside the store in Fort Worth, Texas that just says Vegas? Is it a travel agency? Is it a massage parlor? James, what do you think they sold at the Vegas store in Fort Worth?
2: Well, I saw your tweet. Uh, I found it funny. And then I uh, I was stumped, just like you. And so I'm going to try and not get in trouble on Labor Day. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, I have no idea what they're selling in there. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's probably best if you, uh, if you steer clear. We'll just go with that. Right.
1: Well, somebody came at me. He's like, Dan, you know what they sell in there. I'm like, I, I legitimately have no idea what they sell in there. Like, should I know? Like, am I a moron? Like, you know, am, well, I, am I naive?
2: You're not a moron. I just think you're not letting your imagination run wild, which is okay. That's
1: fine. That's okay. Fun. All right. James Marlat we appreciate you taking some time here on the holiday. No sweat,
2: Dan. Always enjoy it.
1: All right. That's James Marilat from Denversports.com. You want to react to James and get the rest of your thoughts out. We got two more segments here. It's a special Labor Day edition of the Dan Jacobs Show right here on the fan. And
0: happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's the
1: honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. James Merillat. I like this text. It says, man, that was weird. James was too cheery and happy. We need grumpy James back. We need CU to lose ASAP. Now, text her, I hate to do this to you. But your previous text into the station at 9.07 a.m. on September 1st, 2023 was, CU is going to get destroyed. Well, didn't work out that way, did it? Now, I can't give you too much of our time because I I didn't know either. I said I didn't I, I before I left, I said, you know, I, I hope it's you know, I I it's gonna be tough. I didn't think they were gonna I thought, you know, the spread was twenty one points. So they're gonna have a hard time covering, but I hope they do. Yeah, Ram, you know, Rams Jet texted in earlier in the show. He's like, Dan, eat your crow. I'm like, Well, how much crow do I have to eat? Like I paid money to go to the game. Like I went there and cheered them on. Like, do you, do you have to eat crow when you're cheering for the team on the road during the game? He's like, all right, I guess you get a pass. So somebody texted in. He says, so I was talking to James about this. We go to the game and there was this barbecue joint. I want to check out after the game. It's called Smokey John's. And it's in the strip mall somewhere in Dallas. And in the strip mall, there's a place. If you go to my Twitter at Dan T. Jacobs Law, you can see the sign. It just says Vegas. That's all it says. And I don't know if this place is even open anymore. It looked. It just looked really shady. And it had like a little sign at the bottom that said hours of operation or whatever. And and it had, the blinds were all drawn and this and that. And I'm like, well, what the heck is this joint? I'm I'm curious. I used to live in Las Vegas like what's going on in there? Now I'm curious. They they were not open at that time and there were some things on the door. Like I don't know if they'd been shut down or what. There were it looked like legal notices on the door. So I don't think this place was open anymore. So I texted it out to my buddy, tweeted it out my buddies that live in Las Vegas. I'm like, "What exactly do you think this place sells? What does the Vegas store sell?" And yeah, somebody came at me like, "You know what they sell?" I'm like, "I I I honestly don't know what they sell at the Vegas store in Fort Worth. Like, what do they sell? Somebody texted in, says it's a poker room. That would make sense. But if it's legal to have a poker room in the middle of a strip mall in Dallas, Texas, which I doubt it is, but I mean, it's a good guess. If that's legal, I would say that's good money. I mean, I don't know. It didn't look like a gentleman's club or anything like generally a gentleman's club is a lot flashier like my honestly this is how silly i am my first thought was i don't know travel agency like do they book trips to vegas i, I just had no idea so here was what i was going to talk about earlier in the show i was well behaved and this is you know like the first time first trip i've taken you know, it's the guy's trip it's me and my buddy hector we go down there and there were some other, you know, friends, bunch of other CU people that I was with. One of the people in the in the in the circle, and I won't mention names or this or that, a, a, a fairly high profile NBA player. And so we're doing the texting, and it's like, uh, so the so I was pretty tired the first night, pretty tired. It was like uh, I got so we I flew out. My my deal was. Fly out Thursday. My flight at a, C, at a DIA was, I don't know, 6, I think it took off at 6.30. A 5.30. Took off at 5.30. So, you know, I slept from maybe 11.30 p.m. to like 3.30 a.m. 3 a.m. Something like that. Boom. So I'm going off. A little bit of sleep. Slept on the plane. Boom. Get there. Man, I don't even think I took a nap when I got there. So, you know, I'm, I'm running. on I'm, on I'm fairly empty, but we're shooting around the text, and I'm like, all right, what are we doing tonight? And they're like, well, we're going to grab dinner. You know, this is the NBA crew. We're going to go to dinner and then the Gentleman's Club. So, you know, we're all meeting. I'm like, whoa. Now, you know what that's going to entail, right? And I'm like, ah, I just don't know if that's good. I don't know if I, I got those trips in me anymore. Believe me, at one point I did, especially the Vegas trips. But I'm like, I just don't know. I don't know if I could, I could survive the full three days of, of doing something like that. So you have to make that choice. You got to make that choice pretty, pretty early on because I can tell you, the crew that made went down that road. I'm trying to think of a movie where they said you have two paths. Now, if you go down this path, you'll have this. But if you go down this path, then you'll have this. Right? It, it was kind of one of those moments for me. I'm like, huh. But I got to tell you. The people that went down the path that first night, they they were on that path the entire trip. Like some of them are still flying back now, and it was it, it was rough because you're chasing it the whole time. Like you okay, you know. So I checked, you know. So I, I I just I mean you you already found out. Like I thought about it and I was like, well, I'm already pretty tired. I don't think I can do that, and so. I said, uh, now, so we went, me and my buddy went to a sports bar and we watched the Nebraska game and the, you know, Utah game and then I'm like, it was like 11 o'clock. I'm like, I am, I'm tired. We went back to bed but the people that went down the other path, it was just three straight days of debauchery and uh, just chasing and, you know, because it's hair of the dog every single day and then, you know, at night it's and like, I can't imagine being at that game, in that heat, feeling that way. Oh, man. I couldn't believe it. So I, I was a little bit proud of my. myself. Ty, should I be proud of myself?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, mean, people value different things. If you if you value your your health, your time, your, just the way you feel, then, yeah, absolutely. just ain't out of trouble. I mean, that, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that.
1: Okay. Well, my old grown up. I mean, I'm a judge and a lawyer and, you know, former <laughs> charter school president. I, I mean, probably definitely more grown up than I would be on, in the same situation. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I, I get, you know, I'm all grown up now. I just, I was like, yeah, you know. So we just, we watched college football. And we, ate, we only ate barbecue twice, actually, which I was surprised. Because my, my intention was to just slam barbecue every chance I got. I'm in Texas. I want to have brisket four or five times. But it just didn't work out that way. Was not in the cards. Like, you know, we had brisket twice. One, one place was really good. Heim's Barbecue. Heim Barbecue. Really good. Uh, then another one was called Smokey John's. It was decent. Nothing nothing to write to him about. Um, now, Chad texted me. He says... Um, no, some other people are also texting me in, too, about the uh, gambling. So, I I guess... You can, uh, I guess, you can do the game, So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It was just, it was intriguing to me. So what could possibly be behind the, the walls of the Vegas store sign? Uh, maybe I guess, I if I was that curious, I could, I could Google it. Let's go to another text here. It says the Broncos don't need an adult in the room. They needed someone sober in the room. Hey now. Well, that is the hope. The hope is that now we have. I thought, you know, Sean Payton, sometimes he seems like an adult. Sometimes he doesn't. Although, if you think he was sober, did we see the video that was circulating before the season? <laughs> was that him? He did do a, uh, a short press conference today. All business, Sean Payton. Didn't, did not want to talk about anything. Just boom, boom, boom. Quick questions, short, curt, to the point. Not going to have sh- fun, Sean Payton. This week. All business as he gets ready for the Raiders. All right, your last chance to get involved in the program. We'll have Kyle Reese and No Moreno bring you home on the drive, but we have one more segment. Dan Jacobs went in here on Liberty. Let me tell you about it real quick, though. Oh, I almost got you, Ty. Almost got you. The fan um, football pick'em. Do you think you could beat the fan hosts of picking games? I bet you could. Well, the weekly winner gets two hundred and fifty dollars to King Supers, and the grand prize winner. Receives groceries for a year. So here's your chance. You go to denversports.com slash picks. That's denversports.com slash picks. You register, you sign up, and each week you just go and make your picks, and you compare yourself against all the fan hosts, and you see if you're better. You think you're better than me? Get signed up right now, denversports.com slash picks. <laughs> Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. What I want. Here on the program well, 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 Cal Reese and Oshon Moreno come up Get you home oh, yeah, on this holiday yeah, Monday so I fell in on the, the drive Somebody's asking if I tried Whataburger While i down there While I was in Texas I did not uh, We just didn't have enough time There was only so many meals What did we have? We had four or five meals Two were barbecue joints One was at a place called Joe T. Garcia's Which was really good It was in Fort Worth So there just wasn't enough time. Now, now I've got to say, the Whataburgers here are are, are a little underwhelming. Because they have them in the Springs. I was pretty excited. I don't know, six months ago, I went to a Whataburger. And it tasted basically just like Sonic. So I've been there two or three times. The breakfasts are pretty good. Everything else is just eh. So I don't know if they're better in Texas or not. But I didn't want to waste a meal at a Whataburger. Went to Quick Trip a few times. I like Quick Trip. They're opening up one by my office. I'm pretty excited about that. Now the Buckys for those of you that have been to a Bucky's, wow, that place was impressive. It's it's like a it's a it's a truck stop, but it's one well, first off, it's clean and it's just massive. Like the one they're the one they're building in Johnstown is seventy four thousand square feet. But the impressive thing is it's staffed well. And it's 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 hard to explain, but it's got like it's kind of like a Cabela's and a truck stop all in one. Like it's got all sorts of stuff and it's got good food and it's got good, I don't know, stuff to buy. I don't know. It's, 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 until you are at one, it's, it's all, it's hard to, um, it's hard to explain, but we're getting one. 114 gas pumps plus charging stations and all that. So, um, So, I, I I think it opens next year, early first part of next year, 2024. We're getting our Bucky's. I've heard people talk about Bucky's online and social media. So, my buddy was like, Yeah, you actually have to go check out a Bucky's. It's actually worth it. I'm like, It's a gas station. Why would I go check out a gas station? But it, it's true. It was absolutely worth the trip. It took us, you know, 20, 25 minutes. We did that and then we went to lunch and it was phenomenal. I can't believe it. That I was that excited to go to a gas station. Coach Reese is about to sit down. Coach, uh, we went out of our way based on the advice of one of my friends who's he's from Oklahoma, but you know, these Oklahomans they get you know What do you mean these Oklahomans? Well, because here's here's the thing with the Oklahomans.
0: You better watch out.
1: It's it sucks to live in Oklahoma. We all can agree on that. So they go to Texas a lot because going to Texas is at least sucks less than being in Oklahoma, right? So he goes to Texas all the time. And so he knows. He's like, Yeah, go to a Bucky's, which is a I, I, I guess at its core it's a
0: gas station. Have yes. you ever been to one? Yes. I've been to a Bucky's.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was phenomenal.
0: Yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And did you get anything particular? Like did you get like some venison jerky or the yeah, Well, so anything?
1: what I did was I got a shirt for the wife, I got a, a, a tumbler. <laughs>
0: okay, go
1: ahead. A a tumbler <laughs> for the for the daughter. And then uh they had these um Legos, there were Legos, but they were candy for the youngest daughter. Okay. Now remember, I was limited. I went, I went full on cheap on this trip, like no luggage, because on Frontier. Now I didn't realize this. Frontier has gone the other way.
0: They went full on cheap on you.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're like yeah. Spirit, like, yeah. like there's no internet, there's no TVs on the, you know, like you can't even buy internet or TV on, you know. There's no
0: cushioning on the seat. That's exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's all so. stripped down. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's you, an hour and twenty minute flight to yeah. Fort Worth.
1: Right, it's you're right there, and you can bring a backpack if you don't want to buy bags. Boom, okay. so you stuff the backpack full, got all your clothes in there, bam. So that's what I did. So I had limited room to get stuff back. So I just bought enough stuff to you know everybody got one item, one gift. Okay, but I was I was pleasantly surprised at how
0: awesome this thing is, and we're getting one up north here. Yeah, I saw that off of uh, twenty five up there, right? Yep, Johnstown, like towards uh, yeah yeah Fort Collins. I, Made the mistake of going to watch Colorado State and Washington State the other night. Oh, how was yeah. that? It it was it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, it was the polar opposite of what I witnessed with CU and TCU, which you got to see yourself, huh? Yes,
1: yeah, it was fantastic. Like it was, um, I was impressed. I'd love to get your thoughts on this from a coaching perspective. How hard was it? And the way I've talked about it was we watched because we're sitting there. I'm on vacation. What am I doing? I'm watching college football. We're watching it Thursday night. We're watching it Friday. We're watching it Saturday at the game. We're watching it Sunday. In the great state of Texas. Yeah. And it's all, you know, all the announcers were talking about was, well, it's college football. There's no preseason. So anytime there's something sloppy, there's all these excuses as to, well, it's the first game of the season, yada, yada, yada. And I expected that. Out of CU because they're for the it's basically an expansion team right like everything is new they got ran off all the players and I don't mean that in a bad sense but that was their strategy was everything's new yes you don't have to qualify it's true and so I would expect some growing pains and they came out and they just looked sharp and it wasn't a perfect game of course no game is but I I was really impressed with how crisp and sharp and how ready for the moment. They were how hard? How hard must
0: that have been, given the moment from a coaching perspective? Um, Honestly, in college, I I don't think it's that hard. It's not as hard as it is. Honestly, I would say even in high school. And here's why I say this: people are going to. What is Kyle talking about? They have spring ball, okay? Mm -hmm. And Dylan Edwards has been there since January. Okay. Uh, they've got kids like Caleb Mathis that was an early enrollee. Shadur came with him, right? There are a lot of guys. Now, now, a lot of these guys didn't get there until the summer, but there was already a foundation laid. And they can work with those guys throughout the summer. So they've been at this since basically January. So to, to get the basis of it, uh, I don't think is that difficult to be able to do in seven months. Okay. But for them to do it against a top 25 team, now, It's not the team that was in the national championship, right? Right. We we have to be careful about mixing those two things. But it's still a top 25 team that they went to Texas and did it against. That part was impressive. But I wasn't surprised by the presentation of it and how crisp it was because they've been at it for a while, and they've got some first-class coaches in Kelly and Lewis. And I know Prime gets a lot of the credit, but uh, they've got some guys that are really capable at the helm. So it didn't surprise me in that regard.
1: Interesting. For me, it was like, okay, so – At the pro level, we have Vic Fangio. Oh, boy. Three years. Why are you doing this, Dan? Three years, can't figure it out for a timeout. We have Hackett getting skewered. Even this week, we hear Coach Payton taking more shots at him on Peter King's podcast, right? Like, how how hard it was they could not figure out operationally. And even going into last week, we heard Tom Luganville talking about, oh, how poor the roster is, and this and that. And they were coming from, the coaching staff was coming from a, a much... Lower level of, of competition level, and so I was expecting growing pains and this, and that. just just the the moment nerves and and they were just there from from the the get go. It was man, it was like they were just destined for that moment. I was just cool to me.
0: Dan, do you do you play any sports recreationally? Not anymore. Okay, uh, like I remember going to the gym and playing basketball. And there's guys that can shoot the lights out, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, man, don't leave them open because he's going to knock yeah. you down. You see these guys all the time in rec centers all around the country. Yes. And you say, well, why didn't this guy ever get a shot? Oh, yeah. What, well, well what's, what, why are those guys so much better? Well, they can do it when the lights come on. Mm-hmm. Well, what's this guy going to do from the rec center when there's 19,000 people? And what's he going to do when there's 20,000 people in an away arena, right? This team wasn't afraid of the spotlight, not at all. And Dion leaned into it. Dion, Coach Prime, whatever you want to call him, yeah, right. He leaned into it. They weren't afraid of the spotlight. Yeah, like Shador Sanders, for example. Uh, almost like a, I mean, you can't
1: teach it. Like the 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 comfort in the pocket, or
0: at least the co- silky smooth.
1: Just and even when things are breaking down, and just moving, using his legs just a little bit, just the comfort of waiting and then letting go of the ball, just just a, a commander behind there. Whereas, you, you know, we're not seeing that out of Russ. We're certainly weren't seeing that out of like a lot of quarterbacks where they're just panicking the second something goes wrong. I was like, man, cause I'd never seen him before. Okay. And everything I had heard out of critics or just not even critics, just people talking about Shadur Sanders was, was the typical what you hear about, I'm just gonna say black quarterback Okay, he's going to come here. He's getting hype, but he's got two years to prove he belongs. That's all I'd heard. And so that's my expectation. And what I saw was, no, no, no. This this is a real deal player this minute that is, is probably one of, I, I don't know all the quarterbacks yet this year because I haven't seen them all play, but he's got to be one of the best. And there are no qualifiers with this kid. There's no,
0: yeah, but it's he's the real deal. Yeah, there are quite a few good quarter, quarterbacks around college football, and there are some that are uh, on the outside and possibly on the inside. We'll see tonight when Clemson and, and Duke go at it uh, and K-Klubnik. Uh, Listen, Shadur Sanders, and I think we've gotten to a point in football, not just college football and professional football, where we can say he's just a good quarterback, right? And and it stinks that, you know, there there is that typical... Disclaimer that comes along with black college quarterbacks right. or black quarterbacks and those things, and 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 that was you know for me a, a particularly delightful thing to see that he just he just played football and he was smooth and he was and and he handled his business and he handled his team in a way that that only winners do right yep. and he belongs up there with anybody else so uh, that was I, I don't know that that wasn't as much of a question mark because I did watch Jackson State um, you were maybe the speed of the game might Mm -hmm. have been something that you you were a little nervous about. Um, He put on a little bit of weight. You can tell from his, let's just say from the hips down, right? He's a little bit stockier. So he was prepared for the moment, man. And and for them to go out and perform like that, um, you know, Matt always gives me kind of a kick in the tail. It was inspiring to me. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. And, And I'm excited about it. Now, let's not judge the entire season based on what we saw Saturday. What? What do you mean? Let's 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 not go overboard, right? Are are you are you on the? I don't know if there's gold Kool Aid, and if there was, I wouldn't drink it even if I thought it was good. Yeah, it's called Gold Slugger. Is that what it is? Gold Slugger. Okay, all right. <laughs> what you doing? What are you you taking shots of the Gold Slugger? No, no, no. Okay. No. Jury's still out. I had a bad experience with that
1: one time, but uh, no. Listen, well, I think they are for real, and I don't anticipate now that I've seen because that was my question. All that stuff we just talked about. Are they ready to compete at this level? I think they are. Now, am I saying they're going to run the table? No. I mean, do they still have to face Oregon? And do they have to fa- face SC, USC? UCLA, all those guys? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going undefeated, but I think they're ready to compete at this level.
0: And okay. I will expect them to be ready every single game. It, it's it's fun, man. It's exciting. Uh, let me ask you this before. I know we got to get out of here. When you are down in Texas, did it feel like uh, TCU was taking them seriously? What I felt
1: in during the game was there was a palpable, oh, okay, but 20, 20. now we're good. Okay, oh, dang, oh, they came out and got us. All right, well, we're good now. Okay, and then, because TCU CU was pretty much winning the entire game, and then but then TCU would either tie or get up by, what, three or four points. All right, we're good now. And then it wasn't until the fourth quarter that it was like, uh-oh. And then I think, and I think, and I like to get your, your because, again, when you're watching a game in person, it's different than when you're on TV. You don't get the announcers. You don't get replay. What I saw, like, in that final TCU drive was they were scared to death of giving the ball back to CU. Mm. And they're like, okay, we're kind of going down the field, and I think what they wanted was to get to a point where they were in control where we're either going to kick the field goal – or we'll have some time to get into the end zone, but no matter what, we don't want to give the ball back. The problem was they started playing that strategy before they were in field goal range, and so they burned a couple running plays, and then they're on third down. Well, then they don't pick up the first down, and they're done because I think they were panicked about oh God, we're not going to stop CU right we're, we just can't do it like there are the, so I I think they had this. I don't want to call it arrogance. They they, they had an expectation that, well, seniors not for real. Like we're gonna win. You know, they're they're here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the I, I think it was like
0: ten minutes, eight minutes in the fourth quarter, like, uh oh, something's not right here. Let's like, try to position ourselves okay. to have the ball last. Yeah. And that's classic Big Twelve football, right? Because you get you don't get a whole lot of defense in the in Big Twelve. Right. And so you're seeing shootouts and it is very much the Team that has the ball last wins the game, and you saw that last year because that's how they beat Baylor, right? And Sonny Dyson man and, and was able to escape by the skin of his teeth against Baylor on a fire drill kick off, uh, field goal that he said every, he had planned. So, oh yeah, that's I forgot just, about that. Yeah, 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 that's just the way Big Twelve football works. Yeah, so um, they were doing what they knew to do, it just backfired on them. Yeah,
1: so yeah, I, it, it was interesting and it was funny because man. It, how much time have you spent
0: in Texas? My family's from Fort oh, Worth, I, th- I thought, or, I was, or, or Dallas. Oh, so you're from CEO. there. Yeah. I, I'm not, but I I spend a lot of time down there. Man, it's hot. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> like I'd rather be hot than cold, though, man. Like, uh, you know, in a few weeks, everybody's gonna be like, man, I, I wish it was September first again.
1: It was. Uh, I mean, you feel you felt like you were giving something to the team just sticking around. <laughs> because, I mean, it was
0: like we're in this thing together.
1: Yeah, you were. Um, and was how, how do we do this?